Hey, hey, y'all. So I just want to dedicate this uh, podcast to my friend and mentor, LaShawn Shelton, because she is an amazing woman and she needs to get caught up on Young and the Restless. And I figured doing it this way would be easier because then she could either download it or she could rewind it or she could pause it and then go back to where she was versus me telling her or typing it out and then she got to read it and all that. You know what I mean? This is just a little bit faster. And she's got like a really, really crazy schedule because she's a um, she's a motivational speaker and she is an event coordinator and she's an author and she is uh, uh an influencer so she's like mad mad busy so you know this is my way of you know for busy schedules this is gonna be easy for her to listen so i love you and this is for you all right so you said that now we're talking about young and the restless y'all because um her and i watched this show faithfully and you just have to understand the dynamic of what a daily soap opera actually is. When you look, forget about like the storylines and stuff for a second, but just focus on the fact that this is a daily show with no reruns. Okay, there's no reruns. So that means at that day, at that time with that person, just like in real life. That moment will never happen again. You might see a person later. You might be able to make a second impression. But that first moment will never happen again. So I think that's why soap operas, like daily soap operas, they connect with people so much. Because you're with these people five days a week with no repeats. And it just it's just life that keeps going. And you are just involved and intertwined. You know, just looking at a at a museum or something or an exhibit. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. So it's just interesting watching the human dynamics of it all. But anyway, LaShawn, let me get to you. Let me, fin- let me tell you what happened, girl. Okay, so you said that the last time you watched it was when Lola was serving dinner at Devon's house. So that must have been when Devon, Lola, Devon, Devon, Lola, Devon's sister and Victor's daughter, whose name I can't remember right now, and I can't remember Devon's sister's name right now, but uh, they were all there so that Victor's daughter could pitch the restaurant, which Devon went for, so now they're all in business together, minus Devon's sister. Devon's sister is uh, a major player because she now works for Devon at his music studio because for y'all who don't know about young and the restless devon is a billionaire okay he's the only black billionaire in genoa city and like and i do mean billionaire like he he got he got money anyway so back to lola so she lola victor's victor's daughter and um, Devon now have this restaurant. It's going to be an upscale ethnic restaurant. Lola is the head chef. So she's got to create the entire menu. They're doing everything from scratch, like individual picking and everything. Which sidebar, uh, Mariah's girlfriend, Tessa, she went to go... Uh, went to go do a job interview to work at the restaurant. And when they asked her how come she didn't work at Crimson Lights no more, she had she just said that um, it was time for her to grow or something like that. And so then Mariah went to Sharon and asked Sharon that if uh, Lola or Victor's daughter ask about why Tessa don't work at Crimson Lights, don't mention anything about the extortion. So for y'all don't who don't know, like little history lesson real quick flashback 
Uh, Tessa blackmailed Sharon, Mariah's mom. I know it's probably now all sounds confusing, but the more you like, just listen to me right now. Just think it is just the first episode, so y'all don't know. But the more you pay attention to how I'm telling the story, it'll all make sense. So, so Tessa, uh, Tessa extorted, tried to extort money out of Sharon and the little killer, JT Killer Crew, which I will explain later. And uh, it backfired or whatever because she had to give, well, I don't think Tessa really gave all the money away, but hey, that's me. Um, so there's that. So Sharon reassured Mariah that she wasn't going to do anything to mess up anything for Tessa. Okay, so put a pin right there. That's done with. Um, put that on the shelf. Now you jump back to uh, Lola and the restaurant. She's so busy planning everything, she's ignoring Kyle. And if you remember, her and Kyle do not have a sexual relationship. They have, they are in a committed relationship, and they are exclusive to one another. But they are not having sex because why? For y'all who don't know, Lola is a virgin. Okay. So, he's being, Kyle is being very patient. He is going according to her schedule, everything. He has not pressured her in any way. He has not judged her in any any way. Nothing like that. And, um, but she, for in my opinion, she is just like too prideful. And I'm not talking about in the sex department. I'm talking about, uh, the way she pushes Kyle away based on the way he knows how to love her. And the way he knows how to show his affection. And the way he knows how to care for her. And she just keeps, like, judging that and throwing a hissy fit and whining about it. And then she wants to throw a throw a ten, ten, temper tantrum. He explains himself. They make amends. They come back together. They have a little bit of a moment. And then it starts all back up again. Well, add to the pressure of her creating the the restaurant. And the menu and the flavors and the seasonings and all that kind of stuff. And she's ignoring him. The pressure is piling up. And they end up uh, having like little mini dates and stuff. So everything is going real cool. Until guess who blows back into town, girl? Summer. Yes, Summer blows back into town all of a sudden, and now she wants to stay in Genoa City. Victor just appointed her number two to Victoria because Victor is caught up in that whole JT Killer Crew scandal thing now with the law, and um, he wants to put Victoria in charge of being CEO of the company, and he's going to have Summer be her number two, which, of course, you could tell in the episode that uh, Victoria did not like that too much. Okay, but she got to deal with it anyway, but they haven't put anything on that part of the storyline just yet because everything else that's going on. So put that part on the shelf. Anyway, fast, go back and go back to um, summer blowing back into town. She, of course, is doing her summer thing as summer knows to do. All right. And being a straight nuisance and a gnat just buzzing around everywhere and won't get out of Kyle's face. And then she starts using Finn to make Kyle jealous. And they're at girl. She had the nerve to go out with Finn and be at the athletic club and literally like 10 feet away from the bar. You know, that first table that's kitty corner from the bar by the fireplace. 
um, that's where Lola and Kyle were having dinner at. So it's like straight, like straight view, like straight ahead view of Finn and Summer on this date. And they start taking a few shots or whatever. And Summer starts leading uh, Finn on. And I'm going to call him Finn more. I don't really like calling him Finn. Um, she starts leading Finn more on. And, you know, he going with it. And then Lola and them, Lola and Kyle leave. And Lola and Kyle leave. And then Finn more and Summer they end up coming to the realization, or Finmore does for that, For, as a matter of fact, comes to the realization that he was just being used by Summer and that there's really nothing ever that's going to go on. And Summer's like, you know, well, you misinterpreted all of this. Like, we're just hanging out, blah, blah, blah. But she kissing on him and stuff. Like, they making out at the bar, yo. Like, so, he knew what she was doing, but, you know, it's summer, like, for whatever reason. Like, girl, wait a minute. There's even a scene in one of the episodes w just after Summer comes back, and Finmore is talking to Devon's sister because Finmore sings the song that Devon's, sister's, Devon's sister wrote and produced, and... um. Lola and Kyle are sitting at the coffee shop at another table. Soon as Summer walk in, she just walk in. She didn't even say nothing, look that way, nothing. She just walked in and took off her scarf. Both of those dudes straight beelined their focus to Summer at the corner in front of the in in the entryway of the door while they're talking to the girls. Like it was so funny, and the way that the camera like pan viewed it out. The way they did it was like it started with summer and then it backed out slowly and then it faded to black to commercial. Like it was straight classy. It was a great scene. But anyway, let me tell you. So, so then you got, um, so then, okay, so put a pin. So then that led up to Lola now being insecure that summer is back. Okay. So on top of she's super busy with the restaurant, now Summer is back. And, you know, based on how society works now, sex before marriage is not a bad thing. So the the unspoken pressure of not having sex with Kyle is all starting to pile up on her. And she just kind of lashes out at him at a triple date an accidental triple date where you have Marissa and Mariah and Tessa. Oh, Marissa. That's what we should call them. Marissa. Oh, I'm going to post that in the Facebook group. Mariah and Tessa, Marissa. Oh, I like that. Anyway. So, um, so Mariah and Tessa and then Kyle and Lola and Finmore and Summer. And Summer's the one that encouraged it. And Lola went along with it. And, of course, Mariah knows this is a bad idea because she knows all the players involved. Okay? So, they're sitting there. It seems to go all cool at one moment. And then Summer lets the cat out the bag that um, Finmore and Kyle did a, a impromptu photo shoot almost showing all the, you know, body parts and stuff. And Kyle didn't say anything to Lola. So now Lola feeling some kind of way. At first she wasn't. 
because she was like, oh, well, you know, every we both been busy and I know I've been busy and it does seem like it's a big deal that you didn't say anything, but, you know, I'm sure it's going to be a great campaign, blah, 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 blah. So she's like, da, 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 right? But then she pauses and starts to feel some kind of way after Summer kind of like keeps, you know, poking the bear a little bit. And she deci- and then they decide they're going to go to a movie or something. And she backs out and says that she needs to go home and get some sleep because she's got to do some more work for the restaurant. And so Kyle stops her at the door and chases after her. She's starting to leave. And he just wants to talk to her. And he's, you know, making sure that she's okay. And then... They end up just snowballing into this semi-shouting match at each other because he's trying to be patient with her and going by her rules and doing everything that she wants and everything he knows he can do based on who he is and what he can do and how he can do it and what she's saying that she needs. And he's not giving her any pressure that he would probably another woman because he knows that he is she is the one for him and all it is. And she's she's the one that lets the cat out the bag and yells and screams and lets it known that they're not having sex. And Summer, of course, uses that later to, you know, make her move towards Kyle. While she's trying to make her move towards Kyle, Lola is looking for Kyle. And guess where Kyle is at after talking to Jack? At the cabin. So guess where Summer just went to after talking to Jack, popping up at the mansion at the Abbott house, claiming she looking for Kyle. Jack didn't tell her. She figured it out and just drove up there. So here's where it gets icy or heated up. I don't know whichever way you want to look at it because this is what happens. Right after Summer leaves, guess who shows up at the Abbott Mansion looking for Kyle? Because he's not answering his phone. And she just wants to make amends. And hopefully not break what they have going. Because she realizes after talking to Mariah that she's being unreasonable. She's being so insecure when it comes to Summer that she's allowing it to destroy the relationship and sabotage a good thing that she has with Kyle. And if anybody can say anything about Kyle, it could be Mariah. So she goes to the Abbott house. Jack says the same thing that he says to Summer, that he's not here and he just needed to get out. And then it fades to black on that part of the storyline. So we'll find out what happened with that. Now, Put that on the shelf, all right? Let's go back to Devon and his sister and Finmore. So Devon's sister came up with this alias so that she could get paid for writing the song without her brother knowing that she actually wrote the song. And he ended up doing, you know, what billionaires do with their connections and found out that, you know, it was actually her. And so he didn't say nothing at first. And... He wanted to see, you know, he was dropping little hints, though, like little petty hints and little side, little jabs or whatever. 
and she wasn't picking up on the signs. Like, I think she paid attention, but she didn't, like, think that, you know, like, oh, I might be busted out or anything. And so he ends up busting her out and just, you know, wanted to know why she didn't want to say anything. And she was just like, well, because, I, you know, I've been burned before. And, you know, he reassures her, like, we're family. I'm not going to do that to you, blah, blah, blah. So Finmore at the time was really the only one who knew. And so, um, he didn't say anything, but he did encourage her to, to actually come out in the forefront. Well, since she came out on the forefront as being the writer, now, uh, Devon wants her to, which she somewhat volunteered for, Devon wants her to work with Finmore on being more of, like, a professional artist. Like, if this is really what you want to do then you really got to put in the work to do it. Like, you got to be active all the time, every day, all day. You can't just, like, oh, now I got a hit song, which he didn't, right? All he did was perform it. You know what I mean? And now he's a superstar or whatever, and he he can be, you know, the comfortable, you know, trust baby person or kid or whatever you want to call him. You know, we're just going to call him Trust Baby. He can just be the Trust Baby to make a one-hit wonder, and that's it, and he can live the life of a rock star. So she's all up for it, and she does it, and they set up an opportunity for Finmore to showcase his talent. So he's going to sing. He's supposed to sing the song that they did in the studio and then two cover songs. Well, they do this at the athletic club, of course, and there's a whole bunch of people there, like big, big wig people in the industry and like, you know, blog people and um, critics and stuff like that. Right. So they're all there at the athletic club and he doesn't show up. And you know why Fenmore didn't show up to his event to showcase his talent that was put on by billionaire Devon? Because he was at the coffee shop on a triple date with Summer, Mariah, Tessa, Kyle, and Lola and forgot. Girl, he forgot. Stupid, right? Like, just stupid. Like, you got a, you got a chance people are dying for. And you forgot? What? What? Like, how does that happen? Anyway... When he finally gets the text message and realizes that he forgot, he takes off from the coffee house, gets there late. By that time, which was the last episode, rest in peace, Neil Kristoff. Uh, um, that was the last episode he was in because in that episode, he told Devon's sister to go up and sing and perform the song that she wrote and bail her brother out because Devon was about to cancel the event at last minute because Finmore was already late and they didn't and he wasn't responding. So she got up there and she sang it and she blew it out of the water. So just as she's singing, that's when Finmore show up and later they end up having a conversation and she's lashing out at him and, you know, chastising him about how he's messing up. And he's begging for another chance again 
to make it up and show that he's really serious and he's begging her to talk to Devon to not drop him from the label. So there's that. So now we can put that on the shelf. And let's go to, oh, 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 okay. Now this is the major one, right? Oh no, there's two more. So Ray, um, Ray the cop, right? Who's investigating Victor. We about to switch gears, girl. So, right, you know Ray and Sharon being kind of like, now Sharon is Mariah's mama, who's also a part of the JT Killer Crew that I mentioned earlier, you know, for y'all listening. Um, now, real quick history. Jay, I say that I call them the JT Killer Crew, and these are the players. You got Sharon, Nikki, Victoria, and Phyllis. All right? JT was married to Victoria. JT left, came back, was very abusive to Victoria. She didn't say nothing, but it was caught on camera by her father, Victor Newman, who's married to Nikki Newman. Yeah, Nikki. And he threatened JT, told JT to leave his daughter alone and get out of town and never come back. JT tried to kill Victor, put Victor in a coma. Then as Victor is in a coma or just gotten out of the coma, he might have been just gotten out of the coma or about to get out of the coma. But JT disappears for a minute, comes back to town and sneaks into Victoria's house, jumps on Victoria, starts choking her out. The mom, Nikki and the girls hear the ruckus from up, from downstairs because they were having a girls' night. Mariah was there, but Mariah was passed out because she was making the drinks and she was test-tasting as she was bartending, okay? So she was passed out. Victoria was upstairs with JT. Phyllis and Nikki ran upstairs. As they run upstairs and walk into the bedroom where the ruckus is going on, JT was choking Victoria. Nikki jumped on uh, JT. He pushed her off. She fell on the floor by the fireplace. She picked up a poker, whacked him with the poker. He fell down, and they didn't feel a pulse. So Phyllis came up with the idea to not call the police because it would be their word against, you know, a dead body in their house. There's no proof or evidence that Victoria was getting abused. Nobody else knew about it. So they all decided to roll up JT's body in a rug, bury JT at the park. But then JT's body disappeared from the park. And now they don't know where JT is at. But somebody been playing tricks on Nikki, taking pieces of the crime, like the poker and JT's clothes, and, like, scaring her by putting it in her house when she least expected. Like, they even went so far, y'all. The writers even went so far as to having uh, JT's clothes in the bed with Nikki when she woke up, like in The Godfather. Now, if y'all don't know that scene from The Godfather where the horse's head is in the bed, y'all gonna need to go to YouTube and look it up. That's all I can tell you. But that's what they did to Nikki, okay? It was priceless. Anyway, so 
fast forward now to where we at, okay? So, <laughs> I hope people like my TikTok videos. Y'all, I'm on TikTok too. Anyway, so, um, so, JT disappeared. Don't know, nobody knows where he's at, but Ray the Cop has been pursuing and been thinking that Victor is the one that did it when really it was Nikki. Okay, so they've been holding on to this secret for what it feels like an eternity now. Because it feels like this storyline been going on for like two years. Like, I swear it has. But um, they finally have gotten to the point where Ray went to get some, got some evidence from Sharon. Because Sharon works at the police department, remember? So she works at the police department. She got a recording that had the voice of Victor and um what's his name? What's his name? His son. His son Nick. Nick. Nick Nick Nick. They're talking about what's going on because now they know what Nikki did because Nikki finally confessed to Nick. And then she finally confessed to Victor. So now they know. They not only know. Now that they know, now Phyllis know that they know, Sharon now know that they know, so now everybody on the same page, and we already knew that Mariah knew, okay? <sighs> now, next up is when Sharon, what I said earlier, Sharon works at the police department, she got a record, somebody, whoever is in Victor House, behind the walls, who grabbed Billy and Victoria's daughter, Katie, all right, and put her in the wall. Like, they literally just, she was playing where Nikki was sleeping at on the couch in the little, I guess, little living living room area or den area. And Nikki was taking a nap. The little girl was playing. Next thing you know, somebody came in who's, excuse me, already been, I was drinking at some apple juice, sorry, y'all was already watching them, you know, with straight set up with TV and audio and everything. Just been a straight voyeurism at its finest, y'all. Just straight voyeurism. So, that person took Katie and put her in the wall. They dug her, they grabbed her out the wall when they found her, but... Oh, shoot. I didn't let... Okay, wait. Hold on. I done got my own self confused and keeping the storyline going. Okay, wait. So, okay. So, they got her out the wall, right? So, whoever that person is sent a message to the... An audio recording spliced together, okay, to make it sound like Victor was admitting to killing JT. All right? So, whoever it is is very technical. And knows how to do stuff like that. Alright? Um, but anyway, so Sharon told Nick. Nick asked her or tried to influence her, as I should say, persuade her to delete it. Of course, being Sharon who she is, being the so self-righteous one and the martyr all the time. Like, blah, blah, blah. Um, she... Said she ends up not doing it. She sends it. She lets Ray listen to it. Ray and Cricket go get the 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 warrant, 
to be able to arrest him. They had already they went to the grand jury. They got an indictment. The trial the trial was already supposed to start. Like Victor had no warning. Like it was like wham bam what? Like it was just like that. So Sharon, wait a minute, sidebar. Sharon goes back to Nick and tells Nick, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't do it, Nick. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't um, delete it. I, I just had to do, you know, he would have found out anyway. Blah, 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 right? So Nick's like, oh, well, I understand. It was a lot to ask. You've already been doing stuff already. And I know I could understand it was a hard position to put you in. Blah, 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 blah. I love you. He didn't say I love you, but you know what that meant. So there you, so they went from hearing the recording to getting the warrant to get the indictment to now they want to go arrest Victor at his home. Victor knows that they're coming, right? Because it's already been set up because Michael came the day before and told everybody. So Victor's there. Nick is there. Nikki's there. Victoria's there. Um, Michael is there. And then Cricket and Ray and the police come and they arrest Victor. They're getting ready to walk out. Nikki freaks out. No, no, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. You're arresting the wrong person. No, no, I can't let my husband go down for something he didn't do. And then she falls on her sword, and which or poker. <laughs> Girl, she falls on her poker, and she tells, um, she admits to killing JT. And... They did try to stop her. They, you know, Victor was like, don't do this, Nikki. And Michael's like, stop talking, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, of course, Michael's really upset because Michael's like, Michael's their attorney, y'all. And for y'all who don't know, Michael's the attorney. Um, Michael's like, why didn't, I'm getting blindsided. Why didn't anybody tell me anything? Like, now this is like a curveball, like blah, 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 blah. You know, he's upset. Um, they arrest Nikki, they take her down to um, questioning. They interrogate her. She tells the story, but she doesn't say that she doesn't say who helped her bury the body. But Ray already know that she would have needed help to bury the body, and he gonna figure it out. So while he's on a mission to figure it out, Sharon, Victoria, Nikki, and well, not Nikki, but replace Nikki because she's locked up on a 48-hour hold um, until they can, you know, find evidence or, you know, whatever against her. And you got Mariah. So they're all back at Sharon's house, okay? And they're having this powwow moment and discussing, okay, well, Nikki's arrested. Why would she say something? Blah, 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 blah. Like, what is this? And she... um. She is in Phyllis gets super defensive, like super defensive, and basically gives a threat saying, don't put me in a position to find out what I will do to save myself, which, ooh, didn't tell you, back up, pause, put a pin on it. She kept the poker. Remember when they um killed JT or allegedly killed JT and... 
every you know she was supposed to get rid of the evidence as far as the poker and I think his cell phone or something like that or yeah I think yeah I think it was his cell phone she kept the poker but she says that the poker that Nikki found at her fireplace when she came home with Nick is not the poker that Nikki killed JT with so these are the million dollar questions who is the person who is the technical savvy person who is behind the walls at the Victor Newman house and is coming in and coming out untraced by security and all the cameras at the Newman house okay and who and is that the same person leaving all the stuff around Nikki's house or is there somebody else involved? Is there two people versus one? Is Lola gonna go to the cabin to run into Summer at the cabin? Because they show a preview for this week where it shows that Summer is there and they do start drinking. So we all know what happens when you get a little liquor involved with a, a an overly sexually deprived man okay and a floozy i'm just saying it ain't rocket science you know so hopefully nothing will happen and he will remain true or something like i'm really hoping this i really hope the writers do not let the lola and kyle story just end it would be really good to see it not end because of sex because I think that would just say more um I would I think that would just provide more of an option for people and more self-awareness and self-esteem to those who are virgins at whatever age and they're saving themselves and being true to who they are and they're not ashamed of it. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I think that they should keep Kyle and Lola together. So that's the other million dollar question. And then another, well, this ain't even a million dollar question. Maybe a half a million, half a million, you know, half a million dollar question. But is Fenmore going to step up to the plate or is Devon's sister just going to replace Fenmore and just do it herself? You know, even though she says she had enough experience in the front to appreciate just wanting to be in the back. I don't know. It'll, we'll just have to wait and find out. But that's all for now. I think that's about it, y'all. I think that's it, LaShawn. I think so. Well, if I come up with anything else, I'll just make another podcast. And you can listen to that, and then I'll send it to you. Okay? All right. Love you. Talk to you later. Bye.